Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty, R.E. Lewis 2011, and Ryan. Really enthused, aren't you, over there? Always in to start the show. Hello, everyone. What's up, you widgets? Oh, gosh. Hello, everyone. (laughs) So we're starting the show. I'm not not editing this out. Uh, Well, you're yawning, and I'm caffeinated yeah a little little horse this morning yeah it was a late night well welcome to episode <laughs> 37 of Utaka brothers everyone my name is rusty and today saturday march 23rd the day after my 26th birthday i'm joined by my forever co-host and coffee drinking brother-in-law ryan what's going on man hey yeah we were uh i'm doing well first off i guess and uh we were up late Rusty has a birthday that comes around once a year, and it happened to be or celebrated last night. Mm-hmm. So we went out to our local place, had some food, had some drinks, and watched some basketball. That's right. March Madness is in full swing this yes. week, and my bracket is completely effed because a lot of crazy upsets. Ohio State somehow won last night. Yeah, you know what? Uh, other bracket is effed. Your video game bracket. No, that's that's the that's factual. <laughs> Your Kingdom Hearts still going all the way. Yep. Uh, we'll get to that eventually, but we have some stuff we want to talk about first. <laughs> what I want to talk about right now, Ryan, is someone just sent me wants to send me an Instagram message. Okay. Their username is Zofi Giroti underscore Bifano Jury. That sounds like a local <laughs> person we know. One of my best friends. Uh, let's check this out. Um. Well, look at the uh, the user picture. It's a butt. It is a butt. Um, zero As posts. Finding Nemo says zero. We yeah, must touch the butt. <laughs> zero posts. Zero followers. Zero following. Yeah, I think I'm gonna reject you. And my mom's following them. The cl- <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, gotta love Instagram and the spam. Um, yeah. No, what I want to talk about first, Ryan. Something kind of dropped this week that was a little surprising. Google once again to the video game business. Yeah, I saw that. Um. So I have an article up here on IGN basically comparing the specs for Xbox One X versus PS4 Pro versus Xbox One X. Well, clearly did, someone didn't actually review this before they posted it because I think they meant to say Google Stadia. Um, so yeah, Google Stadia is the name of this console. Uh, we don't know the price, but it looks like it's going to be a monthly service. I don't really know how that's going to work. Uh, it's releasing later this year. But the thing that really has people talking, Ryan is the teraflops. Oh, those teraflops. So the PS4, I don't even know what that means. The GPU? What does the GPU stand for? Processing unit. What does GPU stand for? Global? Global processing unit? Uh, yeah, your PS4 runs the world. Uh, graphics processing unit. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, we got 10.7 teraflops on the Google Stadia, mm-hmm. 7.0 on the Xbox One X, and 4.2 on the PS4 Pro. Um, I don't really know what that means. I don't really care because... Well, you're also on a PC using Google, so yeah, you're going to have more computing power. But it looks like there was some third-party support. It looks like Doom uh, Eternal, I think, is going to be on the system. And uh, I don't really know what else. It's kind of weird to me that Google wants to get into the video game business. Uh, I mean, it's not. I feel like Apple would kind of get into that market before Google would. But... I don't, well, no, that, Apple products don't really do well with high-res games. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to buy a gaming computer, you're not going to put iOS on it. Yeah. You're, gonna, you're not going to buy a Mac. You're going to build it, and it's going to run Windows or Linux. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, know how, I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, we definitely need to see more 
ultimately, I buy a video game console for games. I mean, clearly, with the Xbox One X, it's nearly twice as powerful as the PS4, but there's all of five games that I want to play on that console. Yeah, what is the... Um, there's Steam and that other one that just popped up. The other game store. Well, there's GOG, good old games. That's been that's been around for a while, though. Um, i trying to think. That's not the Windows I wanted. Well, people are mad because they're starting to do exclusives on it. Steam versus Epic. So it's Epic Game Studio. They new, now have a place that you can play games. And people are... Basically, it's more profitable because Steam takes a lot of the revenue. And I think they also charge to use the Unreal Engine, a specific percentage, depending. Okay. Um, Epic does not. They charge less. So the publishers can make more profit. And there was Metro Exodus. If you're playing it on the computer, it's exclusive to Epic. And I think this week, Outer Space or whatever. That's a place. (laughs) It's the one that um, it was created. I think Outer Space is not. It's Outer Something. But it was created by the same people who did New Vegas. Fallout New Vegas. No, there was a different studio that did that one. Mm, Let's check this out. So Ryan, come to the podcast. Very educated this morning, folks. Yeah, I'm not good with names, but at least I'm consistently bad. That's that's what's most important, Ryan. Um, Obsidian. Yes. So it's probably not outer space. Let's actually look at what's going on here. Outer worlds. Outer worlds. Okay. Yeah. So now, if you're playing that on PC, it is exclusive to the Epic Game Store. Okay. Opposed to Steam, and people are pissed because some of the um, the features are not that of Steam. Hmm. So it's really putting a rift down the community. Gotcha. That's a thing. You know what's also kind of nice? What happened this week, Ryan? Sekiro dropped. Well, that too. We'll get to that. But um, I think it was like last Sunday when we recorded, and I told you that, yeah, since I don't have a whole lot of space on my Mac, I kind of just delete all the episodes after I post them. I was pissed. And you were like, wait, what? So there's no backup if we lose all this stuff? And I was like, no. So Ryan went out to Walmart and bought me a two terabyte uh, backup drive that I'm going to start <laughs> hosting or not hosting, but, you know, dropping all the episodes there so that in the case the internet the internet does break. Um, well, because you said the last episode was seven gigs. So now we can do usually what? They're like two gigs per episode? Uh, two to five. Yeah. Okay. So we can do like a thousand to five hundred episodes. Otaku Brothers. End of the year, 2045. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I remember yeah, when we'll just, everything wasn't virtual. <laughs> old men just talking, still jabbing around in a uh, retirement home somewhere. So. I remember when I couldn't sell my blood in games. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually... All right. Take so. a sip of coffee. Let's get, let's get into the show, Ryan. Um, the games that we've been playing recently... Yeah, so I played a bit of Bloodborne, and then I played a bit of Dark Souls just to, I get, prepare myself um, to prepare to die. Mm. Yeah, for Sekiro, which came out on Friday. I also played Monster Hunter Generations with Rick for like three and a half hours, I think on Wednesday. Did you guys like Skype each other? Yeah, so we just, we got on a phone call. We were going to use Discord, but... um, we just got on a phone call and we're there for like three and a half hours. He was trying to walk me through how you do things. We killed some bosses. I got some new armor. Nice. So I now have like, it's not, bo- I think it's 
bullfang or bull whatever armor with jaggy armor and then it has four open gem slots so it's currently at medium attack up and then i could do four attack gems to get large attack mm. and then i got this cool looking sword which if i do a perfect dodge it resharpens my blade oh nice yeah because your your sharpness slowly goes down i think it's called a cheetah blade yeah as it is yeah so basically over the course of battle you're hitting these monsters and your sharpness goes down. So you either use a whetstone, or with this one, which is cool ability, is, yeah, it just resharpens if you do a perfect dodge roll. Nice. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm still hang hunter rank one. For this one, you basically, there's key quests, and you have to kill those, like, four monsters to get from one to two. Okay. Um, and there's an app. It's, let's see. It is... M-H-G-U, and then database, so M-H-G-U-D-B. It's an application on your phone? Yeah, so it's actually really cool. Um, so if you go in here, it has all the quests, all the monsters, all the weapons, armor. So if you do on, like, I want this armor, type on a greatsword, and then basically it shows you how to make it. Oh, nice. And then where to get all the materials. Yeah. That's sweet. Oh, yeah. wait, let's, let me see that background on your phone. What? <laughs> <laughs> so for context, um, there's this, like this old librarian lady in Nino Kuni 2. And we jokingly were saying that like, that was going to be Lauren if she continued to work at her current place for like the next 30 years. <laughs> no, like five years. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, yeah, maybe I'll drop in the Discord so, there's, so you guys can actually see it. It's pretty funny. Oh, it's hilarious. It's just like this dazed look on this librarian. And she's just, I don't know, like a hag. But Lauren like was... Up next, I was like, hey, Lauren, go stand up next to the TV, and I want to see, like, a side-by-side -side comparison. <laughs> and I sent it to Ryan, and he was just, like... I was cracking up. And so I called him, and he was still just, like, dying, laughing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was good times, good times. Um, so Monster Hunter, we'll get to Secure in a second, but just Monster Hunter and Bloodborne? Yeah, yeah. I didn't have much time. It was a busy week for work, but... Yeah, I mean, I played three and a half hours one night of Monster Hunter, so... Nice. Yeah, you uh, now that I know things, I'll have to explain it to you... But Sekiro kind of took over. So. Nice. Yeah. Well, this you week... You played a game. I did, and I'll get to that in a second. I want to pull up my Netflix queue because um, I've been watching a lot of movies this week. And one in particular I want to make mention of. Popular Netflix Is recently added. Is this the added. walrus again? No, nothing like that. Okay, it's not Killing Ground. It's the other one that I watched. Horror movie. Wait, where's the recently watch? Watch again thing. Um, maybe I'll just go to my... My list. How do I go to my list, Ryan, on Netflix? My list. Here we go. Um, please tell me I didn't remove it. Pretty Little Liars. Temple, no. Killing Ground. It's not Killing Ground. Um, what is it about? Um, no. Really? No, Ryan, talk about something. I gotta find this. Seriously. So, speaking of movies, we're going to see Us tomorrow, and it's going to be terrifying. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the review uh, Rotten Tomatoes are still at 100% which is surprising um, horror movies usually get close to 60 they're not really well reviewed because generally they're pretty bad um, but let us double check Rotten Tomatoes Jordan Peele it is at a 95 Backcountry, that's the name of the movie 
Is it like the Avenged Sevenfold song? <laughs> no. So, uh, dude, when I did Leg Day, I, there was like two Avenged Sevenfold <laughs> songs that I would listen to that would get me going. Bad Country is one of them. Yeah, because, um, no, it's not Bat Country, not B-A-T, Back, B-A-C-K. Oh, Back Country. Yeah. Not Back Country. No. Okay. Um, that changes it. But yeah, I remember when I did Leg Day, my dad had this chiropractor that was like this super meathead, like this this Asian dude that was like half my size and probably weighed twice as much as me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did like the the like paint yourself orange, like get on the the uh, the stage and like, like a buff oompa loompa grunt and you know flex or whatever. This the the, yeah. the tournament things. Okay, yeah, the tournaments. Yeah, you like oil your body. Well, up you or whatever. said paint yourself orange. I was like, he's short. He's an oompa loompa. Basically, he's gonna go to the lollipop guild or. To wherever the chocolate factory is. Yep, that was that was him. He was actually uh, one of the extras. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> he had this like leg workout that he told me to do, where basically I did thirty um, goblet squats with like a kettlebell. Okay. And then I did this thing where I've, I'd have like one leg. How did I do that? It was so weird. Like I did like like box jumps essentially, and I had to do like thirty in quick succession with one leg. Yeah. I'd break myself. And then, and this is all like no rest. And then, have you been in my dad's basement? Yes. Super like long, like yes. from one wall to the next. Yeah, because I chased that dog around. Oh, that's right. So I took 30 pound dumbbells and had to lunge from one wall to the next and back. And I had to do that. Dude, if you want an ass workout, lunges are the way to go. Yeah, so I walked, walked from one wall back and I did that twice and just walking lunges. No, no rest. Yeah. And then I rested for 30 seconds and did it again. I did that four times. Dude, I like died the next day. Um, why was I talking about this? Oh, yeah, Avenged Sevenfold. That's <laughs> Avenged Sevenfold is what got me through like, that workout. Why were you talking about this? You were talking backcountry and then you started leg day and yeah, grunting Asian. <laughs> yeah, that's how that all worked out. Anyways, so this week I was just watching a lot of movies because I was playing The Legend of Zelda, yeah. Breath of the Wild. Um, one of those movies was Backcountry, and I had to turn off Zelda because this movie was just wild. Basically, these this couple... Usually, it's the other way around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you turn off this stupid B movie and play Zelda. Rusty, come on, get it together. Or listen to the music like you usually rant about. Yeah, so we'll get to Zelda. Backcountry, so I'm watching this. This couple goes out into the woods, and you know they take a canoe out into the backcountry, if you will. And... You know, they're hiking or whatever, and eventually the boyfriend sees a giant bear print in the woods, like in the mud. Mm-hmm. And he's just like sitting there, like looking awestruck, and the girlfriend turns around and is like, what's up? And he's like, nothing. And they just keep walking. <laughs> and so they, they like, they camp out for the night. I was thinking of bringing it up with you, but I saw a bear, and that sounds more efficient. Well, so they... You don't have to deal with the fallout. So they, they, they set up camp, they're in the tent, and in the morning... The girl hears like tree branches falling or whatever, um, and she hears a bear. So fast forward like thirty more minutes because that was just the the brief encounter. The bear starts tracking them essentially, Ooh. and so when they make camp the next day, the bear comes up to the tent, is like sniffing it, and they're both just like silent, don't say anything. If and you don't move, they can't see you. Exactly. And uh, what what is that? Is Jurassic like, Park. Yeah, Jurassic- T Rex. Exactly. Thank you. Um, so the bear walks away, the boyfriend undoes the tent and like looks out and he's like, holy crap, this bear's huge. And so he just thinks like, okay, eventually it'll go away. Well, it doesn't. It comes back to the tent and starts like ripping through it. 
bites half the guy's leg off. The girlfriend sprays it with bear spray because that's a thing. And I think it is. Yeah, and so is it like mace. Yeah, bear essentially mace. bear mace. Yeah. So the bear like runs away, and they're like, "Oh, okay, we're gonna be fine." So she's like yeah, trying to he's stitch bleeding up. To death. He's, she's like trying to stitch up this leg that's like you know half gone, bl- seeping blood everywhere. And the bear comes back, rips the guy out of the, the tent, and she's just like freaking the heck out because this bear is just going to like Denny's buffet, crazy on this guy. How did it compare to the um, bear encounter in that Leonardo DiCaprio movie? Haven't seen that movie yet. That was one of the most intense bear fights. Yeah, it's three and a half hours long, so I need I need to commit the time. Yeah, that was intense. It was a good movie. The Revenant. Need to watch yes. it. He won his first Oscar for that. Yeah, took Deserve- him long enough. Deservedly so. Well, I he- think Django should have won it. Dude, there was a number of performances that should have won it. The Oscars are just screwed. Yeah. That whole system. Anyways, so seriously, back to Denny's Buffet. Seriously, like you're watching this. They got it all on camera. This bear is seriously just ripping this guy to shreds, and he's just like, oh, run, run for your life. So she's just like, <laughs> just like in awe of this bear seriously just ripping this body to shreds and she takes off running of course she cannot run a bear the bear starts chasing her so she gets to this like this waterfall and she starts climbing down because there's there's no other way to go and she's climbing down this waterfall loses the bear of course but there's no more like area on the cliff for her to climb down mm-hmm. so she essentially just has to like drop she drops and just shatters her leg it just like she like looks at it and her bones like popping out. So she essentially shoves the bone back in oh. and then gets this twig, st- sticks it into her shoe. So basically the bone won't pop back out. Yeah. Limps her way back to the canoe, canoes her way back to shore. And that's like, and she like falls on the shore. And like that's the end of the movie. Based on a true story. Not even kidding. Where's. Okay. So I was like, whoa. Time to go to bed. <laughs> like, that was an intense movie. Very intense. But it was good. I mean, if you're like... So the plot was they went out into the woods. He disregarded a bear. He died. She lived. Basically. It's a thrilling plot. <laughs> it got like a 78 on Rotten Tomatoes or something. Really? That's better than um, what Us is getting by user reviews. Yeah, what is the user review? 69. Oh, Forget that. And Rotten Tomatoes is giving it 95. Yeah. So it's still up there. We'll see it. So anyways, Ryan, back to more important things. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yes. More important. So like you said last week, and I'm not sure if we captured that on audio or not, but you said, let me figure out the mechanics of Monster Hunter Generations. You play Zelda, and then we'll play Monster Hunter down the line. Okay. So I did that because I listen, Ryan. And... I started playing Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Oh, sorry, I zoned out. What were you saying? <laughs> you remember when you did that? Yeah. Do I have to listen to you now? We were li- Dude, we were recording for like three and a half hours, and you were like, so Oblivion, let me go on a 15-minute rant. And then I was like, wait, how did you get to 55 <laughs> if the level cap's 50? And you're like, I just told you. Are you even listening to me? No, seriously, I was like looking at you but not actually listening. Yeah, like last night when you got mad at us for... <laughs> embellishing your story yeah i was actually telling a pretty engrossing story it wasn't engrossing it wasn't interesting <laughs> at all just waiting for some dudes to conclude yeah um no so let me pull up my notes here because i don't want to miss anything um, i took some notes some bullet points about things that i noticed right away playing this game okay cool. so you're, you're in this eternal slumber prince charming kisses link he wakes up and this lady is speaking to, speaking to Link that, yeah, hey, you've been asleep for, what, 100 years, 1,000 years? 100 years. And 
she kind of instructs him to walk forward. You open a few chests, you get some clothes, and you climb this wall, and in the distance you see light. And you walk out of this tunnel, introduce Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. You look over this cliff, it pans out a little bit, the title screen pops out, and it's one of the most breathtaking moments in video games I've ever seen. Breath of the Wild. Yeah, breathtaking, <laughs> Breath of the Wild. They planned that. Yeah, probably. Um, what's up, Minamoto? Anyways, or no, Anuma. Yeah. Cool. Amoto-san. Yes. Anyways, what I, I mean, it really captured that sense of awe when you played Oblivion and you walked out of the sewer. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dungeon sewer. <laughs> but to the nth degree, it's one of the... I mean, it, Breath of the Wild, Ryan, is the Mona Lisa of video games. Yeah, I'd agree. So how did you deal with just having a stick? Uh, so let's see. Some of the things that... Uh, oh, one of the first things I noticed is that I can Spider-Man, Spider-Man my way up mountains. You can climb. Yeah. Yeah. You just like jump on the side of a mountain and start climbing up. Yeah. It sucks though. Your stamina runs off really fast. Re- yeah. And that's why you had those like shrines. Yeah. But then, so you can climb a little bit higher, but then when your stamina runs out, you fall off the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> like you just stop being Spider-Man instantaneously. Yeah. So you can eventually get your stamina up, right? Yeah, the same way that you get your health up with mm-hmm. those, like, four of those shrines, you get it up with, you can do stamina or health. Okay. So you complete four, and then you decide, hey, do I want more health or stamina? Because I can run, like, 15 feet, and then he's, like, keeling over like he's ready to die. Yeah, pretty much. So. Yeah, because you have that one little loop of health, or stamina. Mm-hmm. So some of the other things I liked is really just the world itself. I love, you're walking through the grass, and bugs just kind of flutter off. Yeah. You're walking and birds are just like flying around. The world is just so well realized. It's just, there's just so much life in the game. Like, it's just really interesting to me to see wildlife, um, day and night cycle, it'll rain, just everything about it. No, it feels like, um, I mean, I guess in Ocarina of Time and the other ones, you have these cities that are alive and bustling. And now... It is a living, breathing, wild environment, mm-hmm. which, I mean, the name is very justly written, Breath of the Wild, because the the wilderness is very much alive and breathing and basically taking over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, another thing I was just... And then you got to be really careful, because you walk into an area you're not prepared for, you die. You're dead. Yeah. yeah. So I was just walking in the meadows, minding my own business, and I walk into this like chocolate pudding lagoon and I just start like sinking mm-hmm. dead. <laughs> like, I was like, what, what the heck is this? Um, so yeah, you definitely got to be mindful of where you're at, where you're going. Um, it was actually almost too overwhelming for me though. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely going to go back to it this week because I know you have a work trip and I don't want to get too far in Sekiro. Well, I'm taking off Monday. So that's right. I'm going to be like 10 hours in front of you. Yeah. Um, well, I might not sleep Sunday, so. Okay, we might be even by end of Monday. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think it's it's definitely interesting, the transition between Skyward Sword and Breath of the Wild. Like, they're just two completely different games. And I love essentially just exploring and walking into a shrine. Yeah. I like the little shrine um, alerter thing. That's like, hey, a shrine's nearby. Yeah. So you kind of have to figure out, okay, where the heck actually is it? Um and when you go into these shrines, they're just very... Some of them you can complete in like 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Super quick puzzle solve. And then you get this spirit orb. Is that what they're called? Spirit orb. Yes. What I love is that it instantly teleports you out of the dungeon. 
Yeah. That's really convenient because I hate backtracking. What do you think of those dudes who are just like skeletons that are sitting at the end of the shrine giving you orbs? Yeah, like a little Buddha. Something like that. I kind of just mash the text. I never read it because it's like, hey, am, here's my orb. I am the goddess of whatever. Take this and fulfill my prophecy. I, yeah, I don't give a crap why you're sitting there. Yeah. Who you're the goddess of. I want your orb mm-hmm. so I can get more health so I can Spider-Man. Yeah. I really like the music too. It's very ambient. It's just kind of in the background of where you're, when you're exploring. Yeah. Um, it's not really until you go into like villages where you hear actual themes. Mm-hmm. And I like that um, because most of the time, as I rant about on the podcast often, I love my music and games. And you really don't get a whole lot of that in Breath of the Wild. You're going in these large, expansive environments, whether it's mountains, um, you know, river areas or whatever it might be, or just open fields. There's not, you know, like Gerudo Valley going on. It's very much just like birds chirping, thunder, lightning, rain. And I like that. Yeah. How far did you get into the game? I would say I completed like maybe eight shrines. Okay. So, so I guess you, the main premise is you unlock areas in your map with the towers did you unlock any other towers Uh, except for the first one no i did not and so someone instructed me to essentially release the four beasts or something like that yeah the number of times i've released the four beasts (laughs) (laughs) um many a time yeah yeah releasing the four beasts so yeah that's i mean the that's the main kind of goal is to release the four beasts okay um, my approach to the game was, hey, I want to explore because I have a stick and I'm obviously screwed if I go up against any beast. And so I went up and basically just started unlocking towers to see what the map looked like. Mm-hmm. And slowly along the way, getting armor and like changing my outfits and upgrading my outfits. And because um, you have like, I don't know if the other Zelda, I'll let you experience it. But you can upgrade them. Yeah, no, I really like that. Because um, I went into, where was it? Hatino Village. Okay. It was just a, one of the places that I found, stumbled upon. And they had a, like, a marketplace shop. So I go in there, and I like how everything's very much like Ocarina of Time and any other Zelda game. All the items are kind of displayed on the wall, so you can yeah. actually see what you're getting. And so right now I'm wearing um, this hooded thing. Oh, no. is it like knight armor? Yeah, exactly. It's like that. Um, and I have, like, this giant-looking sword um, you know, at least for the next five minutes because it'll break. Yeah. Um, How do you feel about it breaking? I feel like it's too fast. Okay. I, I feel like I get like five swings and it's like, your sword is weak again. Okay. Well, you know that guy that you were finding poop for? Um, Are we playing a different game? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I think we just changed games, Ryan. No, okay. So, Feces Releases, uh, it came out, I think, um... In 2015. Wait, are you? What is happening right now? Sorry, the, if I did a poop collector game, it'd be feces releases. Is that a real game? No. What <laughs> do you think? Of course not. You convinced me. Did you just come up with that on the spot? Yeah, that was good. Okay, so no, the guy you collect. He was a big plant guy. You sent Travis and I a picture of. Oh yeah, you so, collect like 900 of those like little yeah. Pikmin so basically, guys. when you collect those. You can go up to him and he'll expand your pouch. Oh, so for the number of times I've expanded my pouch, Ryan. <laughs> Three times. Like a kangaroo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Actually, that's... Uh, never mind. I can't say that here. Probably not. Yeah, kangaroo facts. Look up some interesting kangaroo facts. You'll you'll know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The number three will ring a bell. So, um, 
basically he'll expand either your like the number of swords you can carry, the number of bows you can carry. I think the number I think it's those two. Or okay. number of shields. Mm-hmm. So currently I think you start out with like four slots for swords. By the end you can carry maybe like ten. Okay. Or whatever. So when you break one, it's not a huge deal. Yeah, I think I can hold like about eight right now, actually. Okay, so then it's more than ten. Yeah. Maybe fifteen or so. Um <clears throat> and I do like so as as much as they break, your enemies are dropping them constantly. Yeah, I think like every guy. You yeah. Kill. So that makes it a little bit easier. But it also I kind of just want my master sword, you know? Yeah, and you'll get it. Does it ever break? No. Oh, it doesn't? No. There's a caveat to it. Um, you have a long way to go. Just as a hint, upgrade your health a bit. Okay. So, but yeah, that one doesn't break, and I don't think the Hyrulean shield breaks either. Nice. <clears throat> nice. Yeah. And then how do you feel about gliding? I love that. Yeah. No, Isn't it great? Well, I love climbing up a giant mountain and then just gliding off. And it'll be nicer when you have more stamina. Because, I mean, you obviously, as you glide, your stamina goes down. Yeah, I found that out pretty quick when I climbed up <laughs> too high and I started gliding and eventually ran out and I'm like, oh, shit. And then Link just drops like 100 feet. Well, what you can do is like slowly pop it off, fall down, pop it off, fall down. Mm-hmm. And like somewhat safely make it down there. But yeah, it's unforgiving, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I mean, it's a welcome change for Zelda. Yeah. It definitely needed to be done because... I think for a number of years, you know, we had Wind Waker, Cell Shaded Graphics, we got a little, um, you know, sailing mechanic, nice. Twilight Princess kind of was the, I think between Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword, like, they were kind of just beating the same formula. They looked different, but there wasn't, like, a whole lot of, it was the same thing. You go into these dungeons, you solve puzzles, you beat bosses. Yeah, so I guess... You only have first impressions, and you're obviously going to play more and experience all of it, which makes it amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not saying the first, like, five hours or whatever you've played is not amazing, but as you... You haven't seen any of the areas, basically. Yeah. You've seen grass fields. Um, how does that compare to Ocarina of Time with first impressions? Um, yeah, I mean, it's blown Ocarina out of the water in terms of scope, um, quality, graphics... Of course, I mean, it was made 20 years after yeah. Ocarina, but yeah, I mean, Ocarina for its time really, um, I mean, it was a masterpiece. It, 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 you had this open Hyrule field that was like, oh my gosh, how is this being rendered on an N64 cartridge? Mm-hmm. It was wild. Um, but then you go to Breath of the Wild and it's, I mean, that opening area is like a hundred times the size of Hyrule Field. Yeah. And then you get to Hyrule Field. You see, how is this being rendered? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. It's, Which is in, like, the first... You can get to Hyrule Field within, like, ten minutes of being out of the gate. Mm-hmm. No, it's I mean, screwed. Ocarina of Time will always have a special place in my heart. My heart. Um, you know, we were listening to some of the music in that game before we started recording. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't compare to Breath of the Wild at all. Yeah. I mean... See... I said that since episode one, <laughs> and yeah. then it took you two episodes ago to take some advice about it not being the greatest. Well, yeah, but I mean, even t- nostalgia factor aside, yeah. But even like Kingdom Hearts and Kingdom Hearts three, I still, while I enjoyed Kingdom Hearts three, I still like the first one better. Yeah, um, Sekiro versus no, dude, Kingdom look, Hearts three. All right, so Zelda Kingdom Hearts three, Zelda impressions. I'll get back to more of that. Uh, but right now, yeah, it's really blown me away. 
Yeah. So, Sekira talk. Before you get to that, Fantastic Beasts and the Passive of Grindelwald or whatever. Yeah. So, the Crimes of Grindelwald, whatever it's called. Uh, so, I I don't like Newt very much. He Why? just doesn't... I don't know. Like, uh, where, it's, Okay, just say where you are. I'm about halfway through the film. Okay, and what just happened? Amazingness. So I'm watching like Amazingness. 30 minutes. I hate the film, but it was amazing. No, no, I don't hate it. I watched like 30 minutes and it was just, okay, going around the city, this giant um, lizard thing is killing people Did you see or the first one? Yeah. Okay. So I guess spoilers slash recap for the first one. Um, Which honestly, I don't even remember anything about it. Okay, so that's why it's probably irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Or this movie isn't good. So... They were hunting, basically Newt was the guy who wrote these Fantastic Beast books that Harry Potter read his first year in Hogwarts. And Wait, th- really? Yeah. So this is actually how that book that Harry Potter studied in his first year was written. And it's like a hundred years earlier. When did that happen? What? When was he reading that book? Um, I almost said Ocarina of Time. The first Harry Potter, the God, not Goblet of Fire. Sorcerer's Stone. Stone. When was yeah. he reading a, a Newt's book? It's one of the classes. It's the Fantastic Beast. It's one of the first year books that they have to read. Oh, really? Yeah. So this is basically a hundred year earlier, diving into hundred years. How is Gandalf? Sorry, Dumbledore still alive? What two thousand or nineteen twenties? I think because it's before before World War Two. Okay. So, um, is Dumbledore like ancient? Like, is he like four hundred years old or something? He is the Philosopher's Stone. What does that Remember. Mean? to me dude my my harry potter lore is like non-existent well, apparently him and nicholas flamel are really freaking old nicholas flamel is a alchemist and they have the philosopher's stone and it basically extends your life okay so they're really old yeah so this newt was travis one- i'm sorry uh chrono link i'm sorry i've failed both of you yeah and me yeah but that's not out of the ordinary yep so basically he was the one who wrote that book and this is kind of the story of him with his creatures and, like, obviously in that book it's, hey, this is a creature, here's what they like. Like, in the third movie when they're talking about hippogriffs, mm-hmm. it's they would be reading the creatures and where to find them. Oh, okay. So, um, obviously you, like, bow to a hippogriff. It's not, that would be something that he would have figured out or written in these books. What about that spider book that, like, almost ate Harry in the third movie? I don't know if that was that one. You'd like stroke it or whatever before you could actually open the spine. or You'd just stroke the spine before you could actually open it. Yeah, the one that like hit under his bed and like almost ate his face. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that one was that, but it might have been. Okay. It would make sense. Yeah. Um, so I guess in the first one, there was a guy, I forget his name, Mr. Tumnus or whatever, but he... Um, Mr. Tumnus? That's <laughs> Chronicles of Narnia. I know. Dude, go- we both, I think we're both so tired today no, that we're just like... I, I forget the kid's name, but basically he's an ethereal, which, um, so when you suppress your magic, an ethereal kind of builds up inside of you and it releases. Okay. And this happened because of, um, he was basically an orphan picked up by this lady who was trying to wage a war, like saying magic is for horrible people or like, basically there's wizards among us and they're going to try to kill us and things. Okay. And he was under her, and they'd basically have to put signs out, and he suppressed that he's magic. Uh-huh. And um, there's some Ministry of Magic stuff. Basically, they want to use this ethereal magic for whatever reason. 
and he ends up dying, and it turns out that the guy in the ministry turns out to be Grindelwald, like with a polyjuice potion. Mm. Um, and Grindelwald wants to use this ethereal to for whatever purposes. Um, so cut to this one at the beginning. Grindelwald escapes right mm-hmm. from Azkaban or whatever. London he was in like prison. some prison, London prison, yeah, or something. And he has that like little necklace that he was carrying around with him. Yep. And then it cuts to Newt, and basically Newt and the main girl are trying to find this ethereal kid because it turns out he's alive. Okay. And their Grindelwald escaped, and he wants to use him for whatever reasons, which you'll end up figuring out, and I guess leading into the Is this the, the Flash? One. The person who's the Flash and yeah. the him? Yeah. Because he, he was him. also in um, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Yeah, so he is the ethereal, and they um, they want to use him. And the Newt and the girl, who had some misunderstanding about who's dating who or who's getting married, they're trying to save him from being used by Grindelwald. Ooh. And uh, yeah, that's that's basically where you are. That's why you care about Newt. And Newt's an odd dude, obviously, because all, he likes animals better. No, I like his I like his weirdness. Yeah, and he's why he's like sniffing the f- ground or like doing the feathers is because he's learning from these creatures, and he's trying to help find the girl that he loves, and also his friend or the person that he couldn't save in the first one. Gotcha. So I should take my words back. I don't. I don't. It's not that I don't like Newt. I'm having a hard time getting over that. I. I only want Harry, Hermione, and Ron as the yeah. as the main characters, you know? So I think I just need to get over that. Maybe watch Fantastic Beasts 1 again, and then yeah. watch Grindelwald. I have that. I can give it to you today. But one of the best moments... At Grandma's. Yeah, we're going to go see Grandma today. Uh, one of the best moments that I really... Which is amazing, uh, was when they kind of teleported um, to the main bridge going to Hogwarts, and the Hogwarts theme uh. played, and then um, Dumbledore was teaching Professor... Or Defense Against the Dark Arts. Yeah. And he's a classy ass man. Yeah, Jude Law. Yeah, plays three piece suit. He's yeah, just yeah. And then McGonagall comes in with a bunch of people that bite me off a piece of that wand. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> gosh. <laughs> There's Ryan with his his comments. It actually makes sense in the context of the movie, but yeah, yeah. Um, but they're basically saying like, we need you to fight Grindelwald. Um, I know you guys were like brothers, and then totally he's like, oh no, we were more than brothers. Yeah. And clearly, you know, there's there's some romance going on there. Yeah. Um, so when that actually happens, the build-up to that fight, I think is going to be pretty awesome. Yeah. And it makes... You need to finish the movie after watching the first one, so you you remember the plot of the first one. Okay. And then number two will make a lot more sense, and the end, like, hour. It's, it's crazy. Is it really? And... His acting, um, Pirates of the Caribbean guy, Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp is so good. Really? Because oh, you haven't seen amazing. a whole lot of him so far. No, you haven't. Doesn't say, say much, really. His acting is great, and it's... Uh, you, you Just watch one, watch two, then we'll reconvene next Okay, week. so we're going to Grandma's today, and that's like three, I think? Yeah. And then after that, Laura and I, we're going to do like a fancy dinner, but I think we're just going to get ice cream instead, and then come back here, <laughs> watch... <laughs> Watch Fantastic Beasts and then watch the second one. Okay, cool. I'm going to do Leg Day and then I'm going to shinobi my way through life. Okay, let's let's talk about shinobiing, Ryan. Oh, yeah. Sekiro. Shadows die twice. 
It's awesome. It's amazing. It is difficult as all hell. Oh my gosh, I've already died 15 times. I'm, I think, at 15 now. Um, I am probably about three and a half hours in. Okay. Yeah. I'm probably relatively the same, maybe two. Yeah, so we're at the same place. Yeah. Which is cool. Like, when I showed up to here to record... um, I gotta blow my nose. Yeah. Why don't you talk about the opening sequence and kind of set the stage for the story? So, it turned... You're in the... Shingoku era? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, of Japan, which is, like, I think 1500s to 1600s. Um, It's an actual real period where basically all of these warring families were going up against each other for control of Japan. This is kind of actual history, because I listened to basically retelling. And in real history, there was um, these two families, and they basically allied... And this third family takes the son of the one who's allying with these other guys. Okay. And the leader whose son was taken was basically like, yeah, okay. They're, like, threatening to kill the son. He's like, okay, kill him. And, like, totally reverse psychology the third family. He's like, yeah, go ahead, kill him. If you kill him, I'll have my – it'll rally my troops. Mm-hmm. And it'll show how much commitment I have to this new ally that I have. So they didn't kill him. And then it goes through and there's some crazy battles and just some ninja shit. Yeah. And like People just some really like... good strategy on like a foggy, rainy night where everyone is drunk on the other side and they just murder everyone. Mm-hmm. And then everything kind of falls apart. But in this one, you're, the opening scene is there's this guy who's walking through a forest. He's injured. And he's about to be killed by a dude. An arrow hits him in the neck. He dies. There's a dude with a pole. Or a dude with a, like a, a javelin. He's fighting another guy. And then the dude with the sword ends up like climbing up his giant armor and shanking him in the neck. Yeah, and he just rips it out. And then he's like, <coughs> General something rather has been slain or whatever the heck he says. Yeah. And we're listening to it in Japanese and reading subtext. Oh, and it's amazing. It definitely sets the atmosphere. The Japanese language is just a pleasure to listen to. It is. Yeah. I, I get to hear it a lot. Mm-hmm. So then it cuts to, what is his name? The Eagle or something? The Wolf. Well, it cuts to you as a boy who, and like this samurai comes up to you and like cuts your face. I love bit. how sharp katanas are because he just slightly grazed this kid's neck or this kid's face and it just completely sliced his face and blood just coming down his face. And then he's like, young pup, you um, are you lost? Or basically it's this kid who's orphaned on the battlefield. Or he's collecting swords or something. And he takes him under his wing and trains him to be what a What I loved is he has his katana out and this young boy is like on his, on his knees. Like, and he literally just grabs the katana and like starts squeezing. And his hand is of course like seeping with blood he's like basically do you give yourself to me or like yeah um do you come with me or something and he trains him and you don't get to see the training which i don't care it cuts to um this guy who brought you in in a room with like light streaming down your face which looked freaking awesome yeah the graphics which is crazy like, highlights your scar you could see all the like yeah and he was like this is um um, I was your master, but it falls second to you listening to the Lord that you are now indebted to or protecting. Mm-hmm. And you're tasked with protecting this young Lord who is the divine heir to whatever, mm-hmm. this family. And uh, 
So then it opens up into actual gameplay, and you're in a cave. You don't have a sword, and they teach you. Well, because basically they say, like, you failed your mission. And so he's just kind of by himself, really depressed. <laughs> like, zero health. Yeah. And um, you're, you don't have a sword. You don't have your air that you're supposed to be protecting. And you have to climb out of this cave. It's the normal tutorial, but it's basically get out of the cave. Here's the mechanics of jumping off walls, climbing around walls, hugging walls. Um, and then you get a sword after you climb all around a cliff, like almost uncharted four like around mm-hmm. this cliff. Find the heir, and he gives you this like heir to his family's sword. Yep. And uh, he also gives you like a flask, which is or uh, a water gourd or healing gourd, healing which gourd. is equivalent to like a flask or Estes flask or blood vials in uh, Bloodborne. Bloodborne. So you only get one of those, and then immediately you're chucked into these battles where you have to leave this tower that he was in and kill your way through to escape. And I died like three times. Oh, easy. Yeah, so yeah. like you kill a couple guys, and you're just trying to figure out how you parry and how you counter and stuff. And then you get to the guy who has two bars of health. And that's where I got. I'm like, is this a boss? Like, mm-hmm. I'm getting screwed. And it took me like three times probably. And I finally did it, got out of there. And then you're sent into this field. And it looks like the end boss in Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. Just this moon, this white grasses or white flowers and it's just it's beautiful and then you get your arm chopped off yeah so you walk forward and a cutscene plays and there's this crazy looking general with some of the most decked out Japanese samurai armor Ooh. and the young boy steps forward and, and you, you like hold hold him back and say like no I got this and he looks like he has the um, he has this giant bow on his back which I'm sure he's eventually going to use against you and it looks like the uh, great bow that the Dark Knights have in An Orlando in um, Dark Souls 1 and Dark Souls 3. Mm-hmm. Like these huge menacing uh, bows. And then you try to fight him and you get nowhere. Like yeah. you can't posture, hurt him. You can't actually hurt him. And then you die and you're like... You get your arm chopped off. Yeah. You, like this slow-mo scene where he literally just slices it off. Blood goes everywhere and it's just like... <laughs> your arm's just like flying in the no, air. Oh my arm. Yeah. And then you bleed to death. And then you wake up like under these sheets, or not under sheets, like under Giant wreaths. Leaves. Yeah. Yeah, or something like that. In this dude's house, which is basically you're in um the hub area. So mm-hmm. you're either in Hunter's Dream or you're in that shrine in Dark Souls. The equivalent kind of hub area where you level up or you improve or you have a blacksmith kind of thing. And you're talking to this guy, and he's like, I don't know how you're alive, but you are. Um, I outfitted you with this arm. This prosthetic arm. Yeah. And it looks awesome. And then basically you're tasked to go find your lore that you failed to protect. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, then madness ensues. Yeah, so let's kind of take a step back here. Let's just talk about how do you feel about having a singular character and like a more story-driven experience and not being able to kind of create your own character <laughs> i'm perfectly fine with it yeah. um i like well i love dark souls and i've played bloodborne first so this is i don't know a change in the formula and i love that because the foundation is dark souls the fast pace of like quick stepping and 
I mean, just faster pace of play is Bloodborne. And now they're doing, um, so I guess Dark Souls Shields, quick attacks and like fast movement is Bloodborne. And then this is all parrying. And the hardest stuff in Dark Souls and Bloodborne was all parrying. Mm -hmm. This is parrying, attack, jumping, different types of dodging. It's a great change in the formula, and it makes it freaking difficult. Especially if you play the other games where your first inclination is to just click circle button and dodge out of the way. It's a quick step here. You're not rolling, and there's no Mm iframes. You're just dodging out of the way to a sword, which is... I need to learn how to not just click that or spam that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely challenging. And um, another thing is there's not a run button. So uh-uh. you kind of just, you walk at a, a nice clip, but definitely not to the degree sometimes that I'd like to when I'm trying to... It's because there's no stamina. Hightail, hightail it out of there. But yeah, that's a welcome change as well. There is no stamina bar. So you can sit there and spam the R1 button and swing your sword ridiculously. But you're going to get screwed. But that doesn't work. Like you <laughs> yeah. can't just spam it and think that like, that's going to work. It is a very strategic type game in the way that the combat the combat plays out. And you have to be careful or else you will get screwed very yeah. fast. Um, so it was interesting. I was doing some reading. Yesterday when I was on the bike, um, I was reading the Game Informer magazine when um, Sekiro was the cover story. Yeah. And so I was reading through that. And this actually, this game started out as a Tenchu game. Yeah, it did. Which yeah. I didn't know. So Tenchu, if you don't know, is just, um, it's an action adventure stealth game that started on the PlayStation 1, and it was like set in 16th century feudal Japan, and you played as this title character. This was actually one of From Software's first games. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I think it eventually changed publishers later on, because I was curious about how Tenchu actually, because I figured that out earlier this week or before, but I'd never seen that gameplay. Mm-hmm. And I watched a video, and From, Star- some, from, wow. from Software started out, and then it... They had a few games, and then it changed publisher, and it wasn't as, like, realized or mm-hmm. loved. But it's still, it's that, like, grappling hook kind of feel. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, eventually, very early on in the game, you get your prosthetic arm. You essentially get these upgrades to it. Um, you get, like, ninja stars that you can shoot out of it. You get, like, this axe that you equip and just wreck people with shields. Um, but the main thing is your grappling hook mm-hmm. that you can use. So, as you're kind of traversing this world and walking around, you'll see this, like, little white circle kind of pop out or pop up on certain ledges or buildings or trees or whatever it is. And you can just like shoot this little grappling hook, hop up on there, and it just makes traversing the world a lot quicker. Yeah, and you feel like a ninja. Like mm-hmm. it's great. And um, I guess, I don't know if you realized it, but at, some of them are white. And as you get closer, there's a little thing that goes around and it slowly gets to a full circle of white and that means as you're approaching it's slowly getting closer to you being able to grapple on yep it. yep yeah so it's you're flying around um you're falling out of sky or the sky and just one shotting people by like stabbing them in the neck which is a lot of fun um and the way that they do upgrading so there's no leveling like so I guess you can't grind through the first area to fight the first boss mm-hmm. like you could in Bloodborne or Dark Souls. This is, yeah, it's get good or die, Yeah, basically. Which I'm sure is going to be a deterrent because the whole grinding RPG aspect is kind of taken out. Mm-hmm. But what replaces it is the scrolls which allow you to get passive abilities and also like actual abilities. Mm-hmm. So like to use a prosthetic... You have to use these, what are they called? Like little idols, like these little... Yeah, so like these idols. 
And some of the passive abilities increases the number of idols you can hold. Like, you can have 15. And, like, to use your fire prosthetic, it uses two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you kill enemies, you get idols. So it's not like you're running out. Um, and in the first few hours of the game, you don't really have anything to use your coins on. So you just stockpile those. And you should be good for a while in the game. Because mm-hmm. just like Blood Vials and Bloodborne, every time you die, they get replenished from your storage. Which yeah. is really nice. Where was I going with that? I don't know. Yeah, so... We're... I guess you fought the general, and you ran away. And I did the same thing. Yeah. Um, just before I came over here, I'm like, I wonder if I can beat this guy. Because I got the prosthetic ninja shurikens. And I got the axe, and I got the fire flamethrower thing, which I haven't figured out how to use the flame and then shoot your sword to turn your sword on fire, but you can do that. Oh, nice. So, um, kind of like that dude in Game of Thrones that just like, yeah, does with his sword and turns into fire. Or um, the guy who rides toothless and has that fire oh, yeah. sword. That's right. Yeah. Um, what's really cool is you can eavesdrop on people. I love that. And they basically give you hints. Mm-hmm. So. When you're going through, I guess, the main area, you get up to this dude who's chained to a wall. Have you beat him yet? Chained to a wall. So you get past the... Is this the... When we go back three years, or is this... No. In present time? Present time. Okay. So you get to a guy, and... Uh, let's see. You know that area where it opens up, and there's like a bunch of people where you get the lady with the beat, the bell? Yes. Okay, so you go... F- and there's the... The caveman guy that's like 15 feet tall. Yeah, have you killed that guy? Yeah, I well, I kind of cheated. So I saw him, he killed me, just wrecked me because the swing with his giant mallet was like, I couldn't block it. Mm-hmm. So I ran up the hill, waited until he like was dumb and stupid and forgot that we had just talked or whatever. And I just jumped on his head and just stuck my um, katana right in his face. Okay, so if you do it the stealthy way and the non-cheese way... Mm-hmm. You listen to the people who say or who are talking and they say, oh, yeah, this I don't feel safe guarding this dude. Um, I heard he people with like red eyes or whatever don't like fire. So you go into oh. the dream and you get the fire prosthetic and basically you can put light him on fire with that prosthetic arm. And he's, he's basically like, to fire. He's basically like the mountain. Yeah. In Game of <laughs> or the hound. The hound. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. The hound. Um, pretty much. Yeah. A lot of things don't like fire. Yeah. Um, except the red woman. So, yeah. So, like, that kind of cool thing. Um, or there, if you you end up getting a bead and it allows you to figure out your backstory. Because you're kind of, you have amnesia. Or Something. Like, you yeah. don't remember who you are. Mm-hmm. It might be the byproduct of dying. I don't yeah. know. But um, you're slowly trying to uncover where what happened in your past. Yep. And you get this bell from this lady, and it really prioritizes exploration, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, there's shit everywhere for you to find. Yeah. Items, hidden abilities, prosth- yeah. upgrades to your prosthetic arm. Yeah, yeah. You definitely need to go off beaten path, because, like, even when you go back three years, you know, when this, this temple is essentially set on fire, and I think your your lord is captured or stolen or whatever, um, you first of all, you don't just casually walk up to where you need to go. You're on a giant mountainside. Mm-hmm. You essentially have to jump off and hookshot your way into these trees. Um, and you walk across this bridge, and you're met with, of course, a lot of guys that you have to kill. And you go into like this this city, and again, a lot of exploring. But what you can do is jump off the bridge, swim around a little bit, 
And there's like fish that you can kill and collect yeah, their scales. They're basically the same thing where you get um, like Titanite shards in Dark Souls. It's those gem guys yeah. that scurry around and you get specific gems to upgrade your weapons. Yeah. Um, I think the dude in the barrel who you give those scales to, if you give five of them to the dude, I don't know if you can grind out fish. That was one thing I was going to do after I uh, played through it a little bit more. But um, if you give five of them, you get an ability. Unlock something in your tree. Oh, nice. So that's something to look at. Um, and actually, before you get the bell, there's a guy, as you're traversing, who's basically dying there. And he's like, hey, um, can you talk to my mother? She's looking for the young lord, and she's lost her ability to see and stuff. And then it, it they slowly push you in the direction. So mm-hmm. if you pay attention, and the person he's talking to is the girl who gives you the bell. Yep. Which allows you to go back into this memory. Well, it's funny because you walk up to her and she's like, my son, is that you? And you're like, you can either say no or you can say like nothing at all. And uh, I said like, no. And she's like, ha, I know it's you. And you're just like, no, it's seriously, your son just died. <laughs> like, yeah. um, but I like how there's like slight dialogue options with people. Yeah. And the way you interact with them is kind of, kind of neat. Yeah. It's a little bit more story than the previous games, like telling wise. Oh, there's quite a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, exponentially for the fact that there's zero in the other. <laughs> what yeah, they I mean, it's not as in your face as like something like Kingdom Hearts, but it's definitely not as subtle as it was told in previous games. You don't have to really go off the beaten path or go to Wikipedia sites to figure out what's going on. Yeah, and it's really cool to like eavesdrop in here. Like I, I really like that because did there... you eavesdrop on the one house when you go back three years and that lady's treating one of the guys? Yeah. And he's like, oh, I need to get up. And she's like, no, no, you're not You're not strong enough right now. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, there's a shinobi hunter. Mm-hmm. And you like, you go up this bridge and um, basically use the new axe ability and kill this dude who's scouting. And there is a shinobi hunter up there, a dude with a pike. And you just, it's really hard. Basically, you can't dodge like these pike abilities or these like lunt. What is it? Jabs, I guess. Mm-hmm. With this thrust bike. of the javelin. Yeah, thrust of the javelin, and um, yeah, but you can buy an upgrade. It's the first one on the bottom half of that first tree, and it allows you to basically click circle in towards the javelin, yeah, and then put your foot on the javelin and basically stab him in the neck. Yep, and like. It's counterintuitive to dodge into someone. Yeah. And then automatically attack. Like, you... you, From every other game, you dodge the right or dodge the left. But he does quick jabs. So, I mean, you have to dodge. I haven't beaten him yet. I just got that ability and I was trying to figure out things. Um, But I did go back and try to beat the general. Mm -hmm. And it took me three attempts. Or four attempts in total. And I finally beat him. Nice. And I stood up and I said, F you and all you believe in, you freaking bitch. And then I flexed and like, oh, I was just, I was so happy. And then you get these like, it's a prayer bead and like a gourd. So it allows. Two gourds? uh, I think I have one. Oh, okay. Or it was like basically two things to upgrade uh, your posture. If you get all like four of them, it allows, like mini bosses drop these things, but. Um, if you kill four mini bosses, the prayer beads I think increase your health, and the other one increases your posture bar. Mm, okay. So, yeah, there is a big incentive, and it is a test to everything you've learned so far. Um, 
it's doable, but there's like specific windows for like that guy. You jump on the roof, take one away. Like, so they have two health bars. So he has two beads on him above his health bar. And, uh, if you jump off the roof, you can instantly take one away, but then you still have to go through the second one. And I got him down to one hit away from dying, and then he killed me. Mm. And I was so pissed. And then I went back to him, and basically, when he does his like little sweeping motion of his sword, you jump back, and then after that miss, there's a window of, for you to hit him. So you can either shuriken him, or you can run and hit him a few times and dodge. Um... And then when he's trying to, like, his posture's getting up at that time. And then he starts using that, like, smoke to, like, clear his posture. Yeah. And he's completely open there. Mm. So you just, you can hit him with R1 a few times, and then you can break his posture. So nice. it's just doing the re- repetition. I was, uh, it's those little victories. Because well, I haven't killed any other bosses yet. And that's what I love about these games is that, these games is, you know, like, at the beginning of Bloodborne, when... You saw those two giant dogs on the bridge, and you just like freaked out, like, "Oh my gosh, these guys are ridiculous!" But then by the end of Bloodborne, you're like, <laughs> "These guys, child's you're like play." One shot him, and that's what I'm like. I'm assuming by the end of this game, you're just gonna be like a ninja master. Yeah, and you can go back to that general and just be like, like, snap your fingers, and he just dies, <laughs> like Thanos levels of craziness. Yeah. Um, well, because like you see those those two dogs on the bridge, you're like, "Oh, these are really difficult." And then you run on a different bridge, and then a cleric beast pops out from, like, nowhere, like, behind the wall. And you're like, God, I miss those dogs. <laughs> yeah. No, so, it, yeah, I'm really looking forward to playing more. Um, the fact that we haven't seen anything yet in terms of bosses yeah. is terrifying, but also exciting. Um, but it was funny. So I want to read a text. Ooh, my uh, my filter. Or what is that? Pop filter? Pop filter. Yeah, I hit it. Um, so... I was, t- I was talking to my buddy Charlie yesterday because he picked up Sekiro. And he's someone that hasn't really played the Soulsborne games. He, yeah. he downloaded Bloodborne when it was free for PlayStation Plus and played like an hour of it. And so this is what he said. He says, I must admit, I hate it when a boss can take me out in just one hit. Sekiro is definitely not the definition of fun. <laughs> I've beaten and had fun with God of War's hardest difficulty, even though it's super challenging. But Sir- Sekiro is the next level. I'm extremely not a fan of no difficulty choices. I mean, it's fine if difficulties is that average and gets harder and harder, but if Sekiro wants the first three hours to be harder than the last three hours of most other games, <laughs> then I think I'll have to come back to it another day. <laughs> so it's just, um, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was funny because he also was, was talking higher up in the text chat, basically saying, I think it's ridiculous that you lose half of your experience point when you die and then when you when you rest, all the enemies reappear. And honestly, for me, and I think for you too, like that's one of the best parts of this game. It makes that gameplay loop of grinding, going back to the bonfire, resting, banking your souls or banking your experience points. Well, it's crazy because you can't actually bank. Like in the other one, if you died, you go back and you can do a corpse run, mm-hmm. which is fine. You go through all your the enemies that respawned, and you can grab your shit and get out of there and hopefully survive. Um, this one. If you die, there is no corpse running. You automatically, everything you own, there is no banking. Yeah. Like, everything's halved. With the potential, with a 30% chance of Buddha uh, saving you and, like, making it not wipe. And as you die more, which there's punishment for that, it decreases and gives, like, dragon rot to the world, 
which then halves Buddha's potential of saving all your shit. Mm-hmm. So it's I'm at 15% because I have Dragon Rot, and uh, the dude who upgrades my arm is slowly coughing himself to death. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I think I love it. I like the punishment and, like, it is very much that mentality of get good. Yeah, you have to or else you will be punished for it. And I guess coming from the other Soulsborn, I'm used to that. So I, I don't really see it as a thing. Like, I'm like, oh, they respawned. Now I can see if I can get more XP or, like, here's the run I want to do to get more XP so I can get new abilities or passive abilities so i can kill things better yeah i would definitely recommend people to not jump into sekiro if you've not played previous soulsborne games um i don't know i feel like if you're just jumping into the series i'd personally play bloodborne first yes um to at least get you a baseline understanding as, as to what you can expect like how these games are structured um yeah. you know and I, that's also as i don't know it might be on par if not a little bit slower but bloodborne's still a fast game yeah. I don't know if I... Yeah, I'd say it's slightly slower than Sekiro. But, I'd agree. Um, you still... You can... You parry with guns in that one. Um, so that's a thing that you can learn. But yeah, definitely Bloodborne for the understanding. I agree. Yeah. Um, Dark Souls, definitely a slower game because it incentivizes using a shield. Yep. So uh, yeah, more secure next week. Ryan um, has a work trip this week. But, yes, so I won't be playing many games. Yeah, but you'll you'll get some time Friday, Monday. So yeah, yeah, yeah we'll have a lot more to share next week. Um, hopefully, some crazy boss experiences. Hopefully, we get good controller spiking. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. TV is breaking. Uh, yeah, I I went up to against that shinobi hunter, and I mean you have like two full health bars that you have to whittle down, and I didn't have the ability to stomp his spear. I got maybe 5% into his first health, health bar. bar, and I got wrecked. And I died, resurrected, had a sliver of health. I don't know how I got out of there. And I'm like, how the hell am I going to do this game? Like, am I going to be the guy who rage quits this, like, no. two hours in? That's not what a samurai would do, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah. But, like... Whew, yeah, it's going to be... I faced death, and I lost. Yeah. It's going to be <laughs> a journey. my character. No doubt. Uh, but we'll push through, Ryan. Yeah. As we always we'll do. We'll survive. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan. Let's get back to the bracket showdown. Yeah. Final four. All right. So let's remind the listeners where we're at with this. So what is the final four for you? So I have Super Mario World and Super Smash Bros. Melee. <laughs> there it is. I just slow that one down. And I also have Minecraft and Monster Hunter. What do you have, Rusty? <sighs> Drinking my coffee first. I have... From the Days of Our Youth bracket, Perfect Dark, a six seed, entering the new millennium, uh, PC, PS2, Xbox, and GameCube, uh, Kingdom Hearts, of course, a two seed. And on the right side of the bracket, we have a new generation of game. I have Oblivion, Elder Scrolls Oblivion, a ten nice. seed. And the dawn of a new era, I, of course, have Middle Earth, Shadow of War. Oh, wow. So let's do the left side first, Ryan. So Super Mario World yes. versus... Super Bros. So Super Mario World, um, just as a recap, is the one I played with my grandma many hours. I mean, this is nostalgic as all hell. And I almost said Super Melee again. Melee um, is a thing that I put Lauren through boot camp with. 
I mean, I played this for probably 300 hours Easy. in total. Um, did everything I possibly could in this game. I played the crap out of it with all my friends. This is, what, middle school? Going all the way back to middle school. So all those fun times all the way up through college. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Melee is the easy choice. Yeah. Yeah. Good choice. Good choice. Yeah. Uh, so for me, between Perfect Dark and Kingdom Hearts, I know it's an obvious choice, but, um, yeah, I mean, there's I've talked about it to death in both the prior two episodes about, and in episodes previous to that, about how much I love Perfect Dark, the multiplayer component specifically, the number of hours that I've lost with my friends, but at this point, probably even more so just playing the game by myself with with bots mm-hmm. um because you have i don't know it, it still baffles me that they were able to pull that off with bots back in 2000 um i don't know it was just a wild concept and the, the way they pulled it off with the weapons the the different areas how they even had um some of the levels from goldeneye in the multiplayer so you could play like the facility the complex um just wild stuff and it's just a, just a terrific game and Again, like I said, it's a game when I'm having gaming fatigue. I often pull out the N64 and do some perfect dark multiplayer matches, and it's always a good time. So, uh, But Kingdom Hearts wins. I mean, it's my favorite game of all time. How could it not? Yeah. So let's do the right side, Ryan. So Minecraft <coughs> and Monster Hunter World. Yeah, so Minecraft, God, thousands of hours. This is like a RuneScape level hour input, and many servers, many worlds. Um, I mean spanned multiple girlfriends (laughs) (laughs) who i've played with um and it just a lot of fond memories and a lot of crazy creations what's what are you most proud of creating in that game um probably my uh, cathedral of notre dame a replica or an interpretation of it i mean it was a lot more colorful i used the highlights as purple like a purple clay and then used um the white clear blocks it's not crystal it's quartz yeah use quartz i mean this was in creative um i was building this giant cathedral in um survival mode on the server which i was also very proud of you should um you should post the pictures of that in the discord yeah i'd like to see i definitely can um on my ryan account (laughs) yeah so it's actually kind of funny this week we actually got a lot of activity on the discord which if you're not on the Discord, you definitely should be. Uh, lots of fun discussions going on there. The link is in the show notes to the podcast. Uh, however you're listening to it, it's there. So just look at the show notes. There's a link. You can go in, create an account. It's free. And essentially, there's just topics there where we can chat about whatever. Uh, earlier this week, we were talking about... What the heck were we talking about? A few things. Chronolink was in there. Logan was in there. We're talking about... Well, the main disappointing one was... Oh. People had not seen Lord of the Rings. Or The Lion King. Like, But the people who didn't see Lord of the Rings dressed up like Smeagol. Yes. And the other one was what? Oh, yeah, Sean, Sean was in there, too. Yeah, and then there was just the cosplay pictures, which was entertaining. Yeah. And confusion of who I am. So I guess on my computer, I'm Ryan. And on my phone, which is where I played my Star Wars mobile game, so I had to be in Discord for all those chats, I had Darth Cole. Yeah. Which is relative to my star wars activity so yeah yeah not a point of confusion anymore hopefully yep and then travis got in there too yeah and he's a real person he is a real person so um, good stuff there i i i am kind of he's probably your second cell phone because i haven't met him either so yeah <laughs> yeah um well it's funny because i texted you 
and Travis both more than I text my wife, your sister. That's true. And uh, so I've heard this. <laughs> typically when I'm sitting there, you know, on my phone just like texting someone like crazy, and Lauren's of course telling me something wildly important to her, clearly not important to me, <laughs> and she's like, "Which side bitch are you texting?" Is this Tanisha? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so Ryan is side bitch number one. And Sup? Travis is side bitch number two. So, hmm. good stuff. SB number one. <laughs> marriage, friends. Marriage. Uh, so, Ryan, what's the winner here? Minecraft? And I guess Monster Hunter is my other one, yeah. which is uh, the many hours. I mean, even getting into this new Monster Hunter and just getting back into that loop and seeing, like, grinding out the monsters with your friends and... Um, getting to see the gear change on your character, which is the best thing. We've ranted about that, but being able to see your character change is such a rewarding um, feature, I guess. Plus little pig in the hub area, the little pig guy. Well, that was Monster Hunter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm now thinking of the Generations. New one. Yeah. yeah. No. In World, in the hub area. Well, first of all, the Palicos are already so stinking adorable. Yeah, I was like, pig? What about the cats? <laughs> no, but so then, so the, the Palicos are amazing. And then you're just walking and you see like Piglet just chilling there. Yeah. Like, no rhyme or reason, just a pig for pig reasons. Yeah. And can't you change his outfits too? Yeah, so you have to tame him and it's like a very specific time or else he runs off for like a mission or two. And then you befriend him, and you can change his outfits and carry him around. And just, yeah. Because reasons. Dude, Japanese people are the JRPGs, best. yeah. Gotta the love them. In Generations, though, you get... So, in, I guess, World, you can get a Palico friend who goes on missions if you're not in, like, a four-person party. Mm-hmm. So, if you're in a two-person party, it's you and your Palico versus someone else in their Palico. In Generations, you can get two Palicos, and you can also turn into a palico and fight <laughs> bosses as a cat. That's amazing. And I was like, this is as Japanese as it gets. Like, yeah. I was running around with a cat with the sword. Rick was a cat with a sword who went beast mode and had, like, flaming, glowing devil eyes. And he had giant wolverine claws and just tearing up these giant pigs. I was like, what is going on? How did like, I get here? I went from Nino Kuni to I am a cat. Like, I was a cat king. Now I'm just purely a cat. I'm just I need to buy a furry suit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is what my conclusion. Yeah. Um. But yeah, my, Minecraft is the winner for mm-hmm. sure. Minecraft and Super Bros. That's going to be an interesting uh, yeah final matchup. Okay, so for me, of course, I have Oblivion and Shadow of War. I put 85 hours into Shadow of War. Played. Both DLCs, and I don't think I talked about this when I first, like in the prior two episodes. No, you did not. There are two DLCs, the Blade of Gal- Galadriel. Blade of Glory. Yeah. Um, so basically you play as the yeah, elf, Galadriel. this elf lady, and then... Um, Galadriel? Yeah. You get to play as her. Really? Yeah. She was with the ring and all that jazz? Um, I don't Galadriel's know. Galadriel's the one who is the queen to the king of that elven forest. Yeah, I don't think it's gets, her. Okay. It's just, I don't think it's her. Okay. But it is an elf lady that you get to play as. And she has these awesome dual elven blades. That DLC was really fun because she moves a lot faster than um, Talion does, mm-hmm. which I really like that. Um, so I played through that entire DLC. That was good fun. The Desolation of Mordor was the other DLC. And so in the game, you come across this tribe of... I would... Describe them best as wildlings from Game of Thrones. They're kind of just savages, if you okay. will. But they're on your team. 
and they kind of use any means necessary to just destroy the the orcs. As the wildlings do. Yeah. And so in this game, you, you play as this title character, this African-American male guy. Yeah. And not, not he doesn't like deliver mail. He's a male character. Sorry. <laughs> um, need to clarify It's like Dragonite that. from uh, yeah, exactly. Pokemon just 2000. Delivering packages. And Pokemon um, 1. Okay, so anyways, you play as this guy, but of course, he doesn't have wraith-like abilities, so he's like super slow. Are you laughing over there? Do you create a joke in your mind or something? <laughs> yeah. Like he's a male guy, and then I was like... Did he impregnate your mom and you're just the bastard child of the Pretty male much. guy? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah, the unfortunate thing is it plays like a roguelike. And mm-hmm. so you have to uh. go to these warring orc tribes, take over their camps. And if you take it over, then you have to go to the next one and take that one over. If you die once, you lose everything. And you said you're human, right? Yeah, you're human. So you don't have wraith abilities. You can't yeah. scale buildings. It's really infuriating, actually. And I didn't like that there was... There is an end game. It's essentially getting the highest score, but I don't like that. That's not a DLC. No, it's bullshit. Is what that's exactly what it is. Thank you. Um, I'll finish it someday, just because I need to. Like I'm, I have that game like ninety eight percent finished. Yeah, and I need that to, high score to tip it over the edge there. But um, yeah, that was really frustrating. Didn't like it very much. But I do hope we get another Shadow of something game. Yeah. Um. Oblivion so yeah, lo- love this game. Great, but. It's not going to beat Oblivion for me. Multiple characters. Uh, just how I played that game first, hated it, and then coming back to it and having the satisfaction of understanding the mechanics yeah, and really just getting lost in that world. I talked about how during finals week, no one was in my dorm room, just straight chilling, yeah. cup of coffee, playing Oblivion, getting lost in that world was so perfect. Yeah, so, it's such a good game. And it's a game I want to go back to. I know people say like, oh, graphically, you can't go back. That doesn't bother me at Can all. Can you get that on PS4? Or do you have to hook up the PS3 again? PS3. Okay. Yeah. It's not a problem. No, you can do it. And it's worth it. I don't know if I actually own it on PS3. I have the Xbox 360 version. Yeah, that's... If mine wasn't dead, I would play it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you can always buy R360. Yeah, but then I don't have my character. And yeah. I start anew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never did the uh, the DLC for that. And there's three of them. Shivering Isles and... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, I didn't... Shivering Isles, which was a complete change of the environment. Let me go grab that real quick. Entertain the listeners, Ryan. So I'm tasked with entertaining you, but surprisingly on the spot, I'm not that entertaining. Um, so I enjoy long strolls on the beach, um, but sadly, where we live, there are no beaches. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know what we should do? We should uh, make a... like e-harmony or like a tinder account for otaku brothers and just have us in the picture and have us be like a two for one i could be holding like my claymore and he could be in his little charmander shirt and we could have like a description of us i'm back (laughs) okay so i actually don't have oblivion it's not my dad's but what i do have is a game that i bought on ebay couple of months back that i wanted to bring up sonic and sega all-stars racing with banjo kazooie ryan this is basically mario kart with a bunch of uh sega characters including banjo kazooie oh so we need to play this sometime complete compete in the ultimate party racing showdown with sonic and 19 of his sega friends take to the track by car truck bike or airplane dude this is basically diddy kong racing that was the worst diddy kong racing what we were playing that and you know how we struggled? <laughs> no, you struggled. 
kicked your I, ass. I think all of us. Lauren struggled the worst. But what I did bring here, Ryan, is Morrowind. <laughs> Fulfill your destiny, snatched from prison. By the Emperor's decree, you arrive at the port of Sidi Neen and the warring, <laughs> the waning years of the Third Era, with nothing but name of a contact in Balmora, completely ignorant of the prophecies of the Incarnate. Your mission and the role you are to play in Marwin's history. Yeah, so I remember Max, he killed the Daedric guy. And Ooh, he color got manuals. Daedric. Wow, what a novel concept. But it costs like $15 to make that. That's why they don't do this anymore. Yeah. Um, he killed the dude who had Daedric on there. So he was able to kill like townspeople. But he said it was really difficult. Software registration card. Well, I can send this to Bethesda. I wonder if they're still there. 2002? <laughs> yeah. Um, good stuff. Video games. All right, Ryan. Uh, Oblivion is the clear winner here for me. Yeah. So what is your final showdown? My final showdown is Melee versus Minecraft, which, oh, gosh. I pondered this one for a while, um, but I guess I had to go with Minecraft. Yeah, it's not surprising. Yeah, I, oh, gosh. The amount of creativity that you can have in this game and... I mean, every encounter and every fort and every building and, I mean, the number of activities they have, like, mini games and stuff you can do now. There's, like, hunger games, that you, different servers. Um, yeah, I've played and watched the crap out of this game. Nice. And it's, it's getting better. They're still updating it and still adding shit. And, yeah, now they added, like, sunken ships. They've added um, sea life. I think was the last thing that I, like dolphins and fish and things that are going around. Nice. Yeah. So Minecraft. Good stuff. The winner of my bracket. Very nice. So I have, of course, Kingdom Hearts and Oblivion and Kingdom Hearts wins. Yeah. Not surprised. There. No surprise. Yeah. I and mean, when I built out these brackets, it was inevitable, but um, I think the journey to getting here was a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm glad we did this. Uh, I'm really glad fun. a lot of the listeners, you know, wrote in, um, sent in their brackets and stuff like that. Really good fun. Uh, Ryan, let's get into that right now. Yeah, sure. Uh, so we really have no clear. Um, we have a script for this. Yeah. We're kind of just going. We're winging for it. it. And so I'm gonna go to Facebook first, and I posted to my my real friends, not the listeners, because um, you, you guys are my fake friends. My fake friends. I'm kidding. Love you guys. Isn't that what Facebook is though? That is, yeah. <laughs> my fake friends on. Um, I have 600 fake friends on Facebook. Yeah. Well, because I only talk to like a handful of them on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, a giant spider picture. Here we go. Okay. So I posted this and I'm going to kind of just go through the comments here. So Andy Dye, friend of ours, friend of the show, maybe. I don't know if he Probably listens. Probably first names only. Um, oh, yeah. Andy. My bad. Sorry. He doesn't care. Uh, so one of the my friends that I worked with at my previous job... Um, he said, listen here, youngin. NES had some classics from my youth. This post reminded me to check my retirement age. I got to be getting close now. <laughs> um, and then I went on to say that I originally had Super Mario Brothers, Tetris, Legend of Zelda, etc. But this was a personal list. So, um, Jenny, also a friend of the show, said Ocarina of Time for the win. Yes, I'm biased for my favorite game. Okay. Uh, another Ryan said, I'm slightly upset that Final Fantasy IX is on the list and not seven, But that's just me. They're both great games. What are you saying that Final Fantasy IX wasn't as good, though? No, we've been through this like a million times. Dude, I can't remember numbers. Okay, I specifically take off 
Saturday and Sunday, so don't have to remember numbers. Mm-hmm. Like the rest of my week or the work week, I'm looking at numbers all day. Yeah, and like my mind turns to mush. But well, like, nine is the better game in my mind. Okay. Uh, he went on to say, I think the final four for him would be Ocarina of Time. Okay. Uh, he also says Majora's Mask is highly highly underrated. Uh, that one stresses me out. That's yeah. the one with the moon and the three days or two days. Yeah. And you have to wind back time. Yep. I don't like timers. I don't either. That's why I never played oh. Dead Rising. Yeah, because you have to be escape or whatever. Something. Or like, like Dead or Alive Extreme has like a timer and then like the island gets nuked. Really? Yeah. Like you're a bunch of girls in bikinis, like booty bumping and like playing volleyball. They and then <laughs> like if you don't win or like befriend or whatever these girls in time like there's an, a, a volcano erupts or like you get nuked wow or something like that that's sad it's extreme better find the jet skis girls yeah uh so his final four was ocarina of time resident evil 4 skyrim and spider-man okay resident evil 4 clear winner there right ryan i think it's skyrim no yeah. definitely not is it the it, even the remake wouldn't be good but so he says, uh, if this was my personal list of tops from each category going beyond my list, okay. he, or like mine being rusty, yeah. he said it would be Final Fantasy VII, Counter-Strike, Diablo II, or StarCraft, Skyrim, and Destiny. Did you play any of the Counter-Strikes? No. Yeah. That I was kind of like, I was like in middle school when that was really popular. Yeah. If that was popular I when I was in high school. I think they have like a top-down Counter-Strike now, too. Really? Instead of like the first-person one. I think... Um, and then Diablo, you didn't play. I think I remember Logan saying something about Counter-Strike. Yeah. Do um, you ever play Diablos? I played three on the Xbox 360. Oh, you did? And uh, I didn't really get into it a whole lot. I think if you and I played together, it'd be really fun. Yeah, I feel like those games you have to play together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Andy says GTA 3, Red Dead Redemption 2 for the new era category. He said okay. he'd include that game. Uh, new Generation, he said Oblivion and Days of Our Youth. To be determined. He never got back to me. Tommy, friend of the show, said uh, GoldenEye, Super Smash Brothers Melee, yeah. um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 for the new generation area. I did era. really enjoy that game. And then New Era, he said Destiny 1 and 2. Um, uh, so. My, my thing with Destiny 2 was it was plagued with uh, Bungie being a bunch of tool sacks mm-hmm. and owned by the corporate overlord and like they had all that stuff where they're nerfing w- the actual XP versus what was portrayed on the screen and, like, nerfing engrams. Yeah. So it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Because I, I enjoyed Destiny 1. Like, I beat that one and played a lot of it. Um, and then Destiny 2, yeah. I Bungie kind of went downhill. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, all right, so hold on a second, Ryan. I just heard, like, a weird popping sound in my ear. Um, How are your drums? My drums are fine, but I don't know. It was odd. Can we pause real quick to make sure that my audio is still working? Yeah, sure. Let's do that. We're back, Ryan. So, All right. Let's keep going. Uh, We are into the email category now. And Steve Blink uh, from Discord, he writes in. He says, March Madness Bracket, Blinkoom style. Blinkoom. Caution to the the listeners. These are long. And I'm going to go read all of them because... You guys took the time to create yeah. the bracket and do all this fun stuff. So here we go. Hey guys, Blinkum here. I wanted to give you my bracket and some thoughts. This was a great mental exercise, even if I did get exhausted and stressed as I watched <laughs> some of my favorite games get destroyed. 
I broke down yeah. my thoughts by division below and called out some of my logic for certain picks or just yelled at you for forcing me to make hard decisions. Um, there were probably only about eight games here that I never played, and most of them were from my from the newest era. Mm. So this turned out to be really challenging. This is also novel. Oh, this is also a novel, so don't feel like you need to read it all on the podcast if you don't have time. We have time we're for you. We're doing it anyway. We have time for you. Days of our youth. Obviously, this was going to be one of the hardest brackets, but even knowing that failed to prepare me for some of the choices. The gap between the fourth and fifth gen was smack dab in the middle of my childhood, so this bracket hit me hard. Excuse me. He says, if I was making a bracket of my own, it would end up having some Sega Genesis titles in there, but even without those included, this was brutal. Some of the standouts. He says, it was pretty mean to a link to the past against Force Gemini. He said, I love Gemini a lot, but I think almost anyone is going to take a link to the past over it. Pour one out for our friend Jet Force. Uh, Diddy Kong Racing versus per Perfect Dark is so difficult. It took me a good five minutes to land on Perfect Dark, but I really feel like I could change that opinion based on the day. Both games are 10 out of 10s for me. Chrono Trigger versus Mario, Mario 64 is just objectively mean. <laughs> Why would you do that to me? Same for with Chrono Trigger, Chrono, Chrono Trigger versus Ocarina of Time. Chrono Trigger is my favorite childhood game, so I knew it would take the division, but I still hated to see the trail of carnage that it left behind. So many great games that had to be taken out. It's just plain sad. Entering the new millennium. This division was a bit easier. I played a lot of these games growing up my teenage years. It does contain many of my all-time favorites, but thankfully the bracket was put together in a way that made my choices easier, for the most part. He said I kind of cheated a bit when I thought about Guitar Hero. Guitar Hero was a big game for me in my, my teenage years. I spent hundreds of hours playing Guitar Hero, chasing scores and uploading them online, trying to full combo all the expert charts, etc. That said, I actually played way more Guitar Hero 2 than I did the first one, so when I thought about the, the bracket, I was sort of including Guitar Hero 1 and 2 together in my head. Maybe that's not fair. Disqualified. But oh, well. <laughs> you're dead. We're stopping the email here. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for trying. See you never. <laughs> um, I think the only game here I never really played was Sly Cooper. Oh, we're seriously disqualifying this. Uh, I'm kidding, Blink. I, you should have disqualified me too because I didn't play a lot of your yeah, I know. nostalgia games. He says, I know I should play it, but just haven't yet. Uh, as a result, WoW sort of won that round by default, even though I only, I only played World of Warcraft for half of uh, Catalyst. Cataclysm? Cataclysm. Cataclysm. There you was got, you got there. <laughs> there was a girl though that called it cataclysm. Cataclysm. And she like went viral. Anyways, he said I was proud to see Jack and Daxter make it so far. Uh, that first game in the series was so great. It deserves the recognition. The PS2 and GameCube are just amazing. Yeah. A new generation of game. We're getting there, folks. I promise. Ah, uh, yeah. Actually, we're only halfway there. Sorry. Not halfway there. Whoa. Living on a prayer. Ah, uh, yes. The first era <laughs> that you probably couldn't consider retro this is the era where i would really double down on my gaming as my hobby i was big into collecting games at this point so i was playing a huge blend of old and new i'm really nostalgic for this period uh, because this era is when i first discovered online communities of people that shared my interests like the youtube gaming community and many great podcasts all gen gamers giant yeah. bomb tv I was lost. into a crime ring <laughs> <laughs> pause let ryan laugh at his jokes moving on even though i mostly just watched it and listened it was nice to see other people that had similar tastes and shared my passion. And the games, man, some great games came out this time. Here are some choices and specific thoughts. He says, I almost chose Wii Sports instead of Skyrim, but I ended up going with Skyrim because of the VR version. I know it only came out... I heard that was really questionable. I did too. I would like to experience it though. Yeah, and have motion sickness. I don't... Uh, yeah, we'll see. Who knows? I only came I would out... be curious if you write in next week why VR ch swung that one because I have not heard good things about the Skyrim VR. 
Yeah, right into the um, Discord. Or, or here. We'll read either way. Yeah. Um, if I had played Skyrim back then, I think I would have really loved it. So I kind of cheated and gave it the win in round one, despite playing Wii Sports more. Um, wow. So I wonder if he's only played the VR version. That sounds like what he's saying here. That's crazy. Anyways, sadly, I've never played Mass Effect 2. I bet if I had, it'd be pretty high up there. Mario Galaxy vs. Walking Dead is so tough. Both of these were big games for me, and I love them to death. I think I'm a bit more nostalgic for Galaxy, though. If I was going to back go back and play either of them, it would be Mario Galaxy. Walking Dead could be just way too stressful to handle a second time, so I gave it to Galaxy. Turns out Dark Souls and Uncharted 2 are both extremely good games. Yeah. That's a true fact. That is a fact. Um, Dawn of a New Era. I tend to be a year or so behind on playing some big releases. I'm right there with you, Blink. Mm-hmm. So this was and the bracket. it saves a lot of money, so uh, that's a good way to do it, too. Definitely. So this was the bracket where I had the most holes. I still think there were some fun choices in standout games, though. Breath of the Wild versus Far Cry 4. I want to meet the person that picks Far Cry 4. <laughs> <laughs> this one feels like the world, world's easiest gimme. Breath of the Wild all day. Spider-Man versus Middle-Earth is the only matchup in the entire March Madness where I haven't played either game. I gave it to Spider-Man, though, because Spider-Man. he does whatever Spider can. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hollow Knight is so insanely good. One of my all-time favorite games. I can't say enough positive things about oh, this Oh, also game. you got the Spider-Verse. That, so. Yeah, pause for transition here. So, do you remember when McKinney would say that? Yeah. Pause for transition? I just like that what, in my wedding speech, I called out like, yeah, we talk about how shitty our teachers were. Yeah. And then like... He was at Lauren's wedding. It was one of our college professors, and everyone from our university just looked at him. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, He's no. the only professor we invited to the wedding, so clearly he was not one of those people. Yeah, um, oh, that was funny. Yeah, so yesterday I worked from home because it was my birthday. And at around 10 o'clock when Best Buy opened, I ran over and grabbed Sekiro, of course. They only had 16 copies, so I'm glad I went when I did. I thought you pre-ordered. No. What is wrong with you? <laughs> you want me to make you a list? Yeah, sure. We can read it on the podcast. But yeah. Uh, seriously? We don't have time for that. Uh, yeah. What if you missed it? I was depressed because I didn't get the art book because I went like a month and a half before it released and you can do like the super edition. Well, because I knew I could either go to Best Buy, Walmart, which are right across the street from us, or the GameStop down the street. And that someone was going to have a copy. This wasn't Nintendo Wii's levels of craziness. I mean... People are going to buy it. But, but it's, it's from soft. <laughs> hey, I, they still got my money. Anyways. The young um, lord needs your rescue. But I had, you know, I was thinking like, okay, it's my birthday. I'm going to spoil myself a little bit. I'm going to get one more thing. Um, so I was going through the, the anime section. I was looking for... a car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I came home with a Ferrari. Lauren was curious. Yeah. What was going through my mind? Um, no, so I was going through the anime section and I was looking for Dragon Ball Super. They didn't have it. Um, I saw season four of Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. Because um, I have the first three seasons, and it was twenty bucks. But I actually ended up going with um, Enter the Spider Verse, the mm-hmm. new Spider Man movie, and I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard really great things. So. Yeah, I've heard nothing but great things. So yeah, wasn't for, it put up for awards or? It won. It won best animated feature last year, yeah. beating out yeah. um, Incredibles two, which is a pretty big, big feat. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. Isn't it the first time they haven't won awards or something? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, and and Disney's actually buying the Oscars, so they're basically obligated to win next year yeah apparently you didn't pay him enough all right blink goes on hollow knight's insanely good he said i was so excited when uh to see it in the bracket because i feel like it's not a popular as popular as most other games here it's fitting that in the end it went up against dark souls considering it's doing so many things similar to dark souls those two going up against each other as a real jedi master versus jedi apprentice situation 
And in the end, Chrono Trigger takes it. I was really happy with the top <laughs> four that I had in the Chrono Trigger, Metroid Prime, Hollow Knight, and Dark Souls. You know, outside of Chrono Trigger, there's a real pattern there. I guess I have a thing for games where you're all alone exploring a huge, mostly abandoned environment, uncovering mysteries, and learning about the world through to your discoveries. Cool to think about. Thanks for making the bracket. This was a blast. Yeah, thanks for writing in. Thanks, Steve. That was awesome. Um, so yeah, if I zoom in here, let's see if Kingdom Hearts won around. If it didn't, no, never write in again, please. Um, yeah, get off our Discord. <laughs> oh yeah, so it banned. It beat uh, Battlefront and it beat uh, World of Warcraft, and it lost to um, what was fourteen seed Ryan? Um, Metroid F Prime fourteen. Met Metroid Prime. Spyro. Well, yeah, maybe in the first Walking bracket. Dead. Okay. Metroid Prime. So Metroid Prime. Witcher 3. So his final battle was Dark Souls and Chrono Trigger in Chrono Trigger 1. Good for you, man. Nice. That's, that's awesome. Um, all right, Ryan. Next email. Executive producer of the show, Travis. Hey, Travis. Um, he says, Rusty and Ryan, thank you for putting this bracket together. Uh, shout out to Travis because he was... Again instrumental in helping put this uh yeah this bracket together um he and i were going back and forth when i was actually putting it together certain seatings certain game choices and so um thanks to you travis yeah except if you're gonna include my work email don't say sexy in the one of the emails i was like going through i was like yeah this is sexy i was like oh delete delete <laughs> it's gonna love that shit <laughs> glad my retention is five years oh yeah the doj is coming after you right oh Hopefully not this week. Okay. Anyways, thank you for putting this together. It's been uh, very interesting and fun to reflect and determine my winner for what is essentially the best game I've played. I surprised myself a few times, but in the end, I think I knew it was I knew it all along. I wrote my bracket out on a notebook, so it's too messy, I think, to send in. And me being me, there are way too many uh, ex explanatory notes I wrote to make my decisions. I'll just tell you who won each sub-bracket and explain a little of my reasoning for the semifinal and final winner. Youth, Banjo-Kazooie versus Donkey Kong 64. Winner, DK64. He says, the ultimate collectathon with an added layer of swagger. So true. Yeah. Um, New Millennium, Y2K and all that jazz. <laughs> <laughs> the Wind Waker versus Metroid Prime. Winner, Metroid Prime. I've really? gushed over this game more than enough already. Moving on. New Generation, college for him. A surprising one, Bioshock versus Skyward Sword. Really, Travis, I didn't... Maybe we've talked about Bioshock before, but I didn't, I didn't know you played that. Good stuff. Winner, Skyward Sword. Heck yes. This one was more of an emotional choice. Long story short... Oh, okay, I'm sorry. This is actually getting really serious here. Um, long story short, my dad died in the summer of 2010, and I spent the next year throwing myself into my career while largely burning myself out emotionally in the process. When this game came out in November um, of 2011, it was just what I needed. Childlike wonder. Sure, it has some really slow parts and clunky mechanics, but the heart was just what I needed. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. it's horribly, uh, you know, sorry to hear the loss of your father. That's yeah. something that's not easy. Um, but I think that's what I love so much about video games is that um, sometimes at the worst moments in your life, um, a game comes out like Skyward Sword or Fable 2 for me, and you can really just get lost in a world that's not your own. No, it's definitely a testament to the, I guess, the... I mean, you can do the same thing in movies or the same thing in books. You get lost in their environment and the story. But being able to interact with the world playing video games is such a um, a unique characteristic of 
this medium. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, Skyrim was the very much that same thing for me. Yep. In multiple aspects or multiple points of my life, um, just having a world to explore and dive into. Yeah. And Less it, emotional of a story, but yeah. at the same time, it's whatever gets you through. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think the age-old debate of whether or not video games are art, they are most certainly art. I think I look at art as something that someone else creates and it makes you feel a certain way. Yeah, Whether that's music, quite literally like paintings, video games, movies, books. Yeah, like the painting that Lauren brought up at the place last night where it was just a cube with another, or a square with a square and a square inside a square. Yeah. And she said, what is this art? If that's considered art, then there's no logical reason why a vast, expansive world with multiple open-ended stories um, can't be art. No, absolutely. I mean, someone can put a toilet in a dining room, and they're like, wow, I'll pay a million dollars for that. Yeah. Like, it's, what? Get out of here with that. So, Travis, great choice there. Um, Honestly, in hindsight, Skyward Sword probably could have gone a lot further for me because um, I I absolutely love that game, and I really hope we get uh, a port switch. Not a port, a remake, but next one. New Era, the games I play when the kiddo goes to bed. (coughs) Yes. Um, Breath of the Wild versus God of War 4. Yeah. Winner for him was Breath of the Wild. As really? far as I'm concerned, there's no greater story I've played in gaming history than God of War 4. There are moments in this game, I'll share more when I get to join you two in discussing the whole thing. Get on it, Rusty. I know I do need to play the God of War. After Sekiro <sighs> and after Breath of the Wild. Oh my god. So in three years? Okay. <laughs> he says... Okay, whoa, you game until like two in the morning. Yeah, that's true. And then... For the number of games you went through last year, what are you talking about? Yeah. Well, Marty, let's pull up. Let's see how many games Rusty has beaten this year already. Um, video game wish list. Game is beaten in 2018. Um, no, not this one. 2019 want to play. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I've beaten nine games already this year. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I mean, sure, it's like end of march but like i don't know if i can say i beat and i beat one nino kuni two two nino kuni and kingdom hearts yeah you're at nine <laughs> Dude, tell I... me you're gonna go through three games by 2020 yeah please explain that well i told lauren in the beginning of the year that for every game you want to read two books or yeah, whatever something bullshit like... that was <laughs> yeah. she said that i was like are you freaking kidding me it's the other way around it's like five games for every one half a book or like a half a chapter <laughs> i know it's so bad it's so bad i need to educate myself okay anyways um back to travis sorry for all the interruptions travis you deserve better um so skyward so- sword versus breath of the wild we've moved on um prime versus oh, where am i at with this email okay here we go i'm just gonna start over uh we'll talk about god of war 4 there are moments in this game i'll share them on the trial that uh, okay, so there are moments in this game that gave me chills and legitimately made me emotional. Yeah. That doesn't usually happen. However, when it comes down to it, Breath of the Wild was my winner. Uh, that was very surprising to me. Exclamation point. My biggest <laughs> gripe with Breath of the Wild is the pitiful story. Uh, there's barely any, especially when compared to the usual Zelda fare. But I still, but I could still get lost in its world for hours with no personal objective. And that's what clinched it. God of War 4 is the ultimate playable movie, but Breath of the Wild is the ultimate immersive game. I'd agree. Yes. Yeah. Good stuff. Solid Good stuff. points. He says, so now we're here in the semifinals. DK64 versus Metroid Prime. Yes. Winner, Metroid Prime. DK64 is classic charm, but Metroid Prime is far more immersive and holds better gaming memories for me. 
Wow. Yeah. Skyward Sword versus Breath of the Wild. Winner. Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Again, this is one of my... Uh, when it, This... Hold on. I'm going to slow down here. Again. <laughs> that was a struggle. This one came down to immersion. Skyward Sword is emotional and kept me hooked, but I haven't played it again. Breath of the Wild was a nearly 200-hour journey for me over the course of a year, and I still itch to jump back in. Yeah. I think replayability is a big factor in where, like, games fall on my list. Like, yeah. God of War, yeah, I want to go back to it, but do I want to play through the story again? I could, but it, the replayability is less than, hey, let's explore an expansive world. Mm-hmm. We're the same way, like, going through multiple builds on, like, a Dark Souls character has endless playability. Yep. So, yeah, definitely a big factor to look at. Yep, and so we get to the final battle. Metroid Prime versus Breath of the Wild, my all-time favorite game from my youth and what has proven to be the best game I've played as an adult. Both had great gameplay, and more importantly, both were ridiculously immersive. Did I already read that sentence? No. Okay. Winner, Breath of the Wild, the best game Uh I've ever played. It's not because the story was the best. It's nowhere close. But because I could legitimately play it another 200 hours and still find myself enthralled. Knowing there's some corner of that world I still haven't seen before. I'm excited to jump back in soon. Thanks for the fun, and yes, this was a highly revised version of what could have been the book email of all book emails. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Travis, I'm sure it we've could have been. We've gotten many of those. Yeah, we've gotten many. I actually have um, all previous emails that people have yeah, written in. Yeah, except not all previous episodes were saved, but you have all previous emails. Yeah, well, it costs a lot less space on my computer. I mean, this is basically on the interwebs. Like, it's in the Google box or whatever. Uh, but let's, you know what, let's do this for fun, Ryan. Let's count how many times Travis has written in. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, sixteen times. Nearly fifty percent of the episodes Ryan's or Travis has written in. That's more than the times I've mentally showed up to record. <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention all of the times he's sent things through Instagram. Travis, you're a living legend, my friend. Yeah. Um, Sean, Golem himself. Um, so that's Yoda. Balls. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote in. He just sent a screenshot of his bracket. He says, this was awesome and a ton to fill out. Thanks, guys. So, oh, he has some notes here, too. Um so he has a note under Diddy Kong Racing saying, Rusty, I agree. Diddy Kong Racing is better than Mario Kart 64. Whizpig is one of the hardest bosses ever, in my opinion. You know, first of all, I pulled up a list of reasons why Don- or Diddy Kong Racing is better than Mario Kart 64. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pull that. Got to love that confirmation bias. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> hmm. Tell me why I'm right.com. <laughs> um, <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, okay, so this is why. An actual That's why the internet is screwing up the world. Yeah. You just go into your microchasm of, like, your group of people who agree with you, and then you get, like, everyone's out to, like, pike people who don't like Ocarina of Time, and then you got a bloodbath of, like, Metroid fans versus Ocarina fans. Yep. And then some people are playing flutes, and other people are rolling in balls. And, like, <laughs> you're confused what you're looking at, looking from the outside in. Oh, are you done painting the hypothetical picture in Ryan's That's brain? what I see. Okay. Well, yeah. I want to see it through your lens someday, Ryan. No, you really don't. It's depressing. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, let's get back to happier things. Diddy Kong Racing. So, this is seven reasons why everyone's wrong that thinks Mario Kart 64 is better. There's... It's always titled that. 
There's an actual story. Or is, is Ocarina of Time killing you? Please click the link below. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than, ass- okay, so reason number one, there's an actual story. Rather than assuming our favorite video game characters would randomly uh, rendezvous to race around death-defying regions of the world, you know, for the laughs, Diddy Kong Racing offers a bit more than Mario Kart 64. It offers a story mode, narrating the tale of how Diddy received a help message from his friend Timber, asking for help defeating a disasterly, or dastardly, villain Whizpig through races. Remember, parents, never leave your children in charge of your family island where you go on a vacation or else an evil pig might take over in your absence. Um, this is a Kingdom Hearts beginning. <laughs> Destiny Island. Number, reason number two, there's boss battle races against like a Triceratops and a giant walrus. Oh. Um, number three, this is insanity. An overworld lobby? Like, are you kidding me? You just get to freely explore. And God, then you can got... you blow my mind anymore? <laughs> Jeez. Wait, Ryan, there's more. Years for 1995. You can get two for one. Order now. Oxyclean. Free shipping. <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't die from Coke. Like... <laughs> oh, poor Billy Mays, you piece of shit. <laughs> did, I ever, I, did I ever tell you I played Billy Mays in a uh, play in high school? What? So there was like a senior play where they... Uh... Hold on. Only you would be fitting for that role. I, mean, I know. It's because they signed me up because I had a beard. Yeah. So, and like, so it was all the drama kids and they like, they're super enthusiastic. Like, there's a specific kid that fits the build of like a drama. Like, they go play plays and shit. And I was not one of those people because I had to like do swimming all too much. So I didn't have time to go to these six-hour rehearsals that they had. I'm like, so I showed up and like did my lines only for one rehearsal and the actual plays. I was like, I'm not going to show up for four hours a day to watch everyone rehearse their freaking lines. Yeah. I'm showing up here, and now I have a beard. I can make demands. <laughs> and so I showed up. I had like my two lines and made like a Billy Mays joke. And then got off stage and fucking left. <laughs> like, and I'm like, I'm sleeping backstage playing like video games, like beating gyms. And then they're like, uh, this girl named Maria, who was like my <laughs> counterpart with a broom. Like, she's like, hey, Ryan, we're on in like five minutes. Okay, let me save. Billy Mays here. And then I'd like walk off stage and just leave. I'm like, I'm like uh. cool. Showed up, checked the box, I'm not going to be a Brad Pitt, and uh, let's go home. All right, good stuff. And then you booked to McDonald's and got your Mickey D's? Got my D's on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Secret characters, reason number four. Uh, you got... Uh, this This is Nintendo we're talking about. So very th- few things were handed out without a challenge. That said, it's surprising with Mario Kart 64. Was an all-characters-included game? That's just ridiculous. I can't even get over that. While Diddy Kong Racing made you go the extra mile for a few... God, those freaking... Not to mention that extra mile is well worth it. TT, the time trail referee, may have been a tad challenging to unlock, but he also had the best stats of any racer. Reason number five, Ryan. Vehicle variety. Tell me more. Not only could you use a cart, you had a plane or a hovercraft. (laughs) With questionable mechanics. (laughs) (laughs) Reason number six. Course challenges and hidden items. Exploration yielded some heavy rewards in Diddy Kong Racing. And if you were lucky enough to wander into the middle of nowhere and w- and find wish keys, that's a real thing, I didn't make that up, they meant the opportunity to unlock battle stages? Oh, that's what I have to find. You know what game gave battle stages to you? What's that? Mario Kart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Hmm. Okay, so that's what I need to find. Because remember when I was like really mad that there were certain stages we couldn't play? Yes. Because I didn't need to find these keys. God, you think you... As for unlockable stages in Mario Kart 64... you Kong racer, but... As for unlockable... The wish keys. You finished? Mm-hmm. Okay. As for unlockable stages in Mario Kart 64, welcome back, kid. Let me just there weren't any. my coffee condescendingly <laughs> over here. Reason number seven, epic music from David Wise. One of the best soundtracks on the N64. Sure, guys with names and music. <laughs> yeah. Well, he did a lot of stuff with Grant Kirkhope. Oh, did he? How did you not know that? Because there's names and music involved. Yeah. That's Specifically my two weaknesses. <laughs> <laughs> Some people have, like, I don't know, Superman has kryptonite. I have names, put numbers on weekends, and uh, music. Good stuff. Well, if you're not convinced, I'll send out some materials for uh, listeners to read um, to further convince them that Diddy Kong Racing is a superior game. Here's Back. my college thesis on why Diddy Kong Racing is better than Mario Kart. Back to Sean's email. Number two made it to the final four on the top left, which, Ryan, what game was that? What? Number two? Super Mario 64. God, you just... You, I need at least a second to process what you're talking about. Um, entering the new millennium... Cool. Number I can scroll down to that. Number four made it, which was... Um, oh, I'm going to get there before you. Smash Bros. Melee. <laughs> nice. Um, what? Okay, so he has little notes here. I like this. He says, I'm with Ryan on hating Resident Evil 4. Sorry, Rusty. Yeah, you're awesome. You're uh, pr- sub-producer number two behind our Rusty side bitch number two. Executive producer of the show. Yeah. Uh, Okay, you're losing a lot of steam here, Sean. Have never played any Kingdom Hearts games? Don't judge me. You've been judged. You're promoted. Sub-producer number one. (laughs) Okay, okay, now we go to the right side of the bracket. Um, So Elder Scrolls is making it pretty far. Um, Okay, so Elder Scrolls made it. And then... Wait, wait, which Elder Scrolls? There's like five of them. Oh, I'm sorry. Um... There's Oblivion and Skyrim. Skyrim. Choices. Skyrim. I, was, I was seeing if Oblivion won any rounds, and it did not. That's okay. Okay, so Dawn of a New Era, he says, Note, I don't own a PS4, so many ratings were based on playing other games in the series on PS3, like Uncharted, or based on personal interest in the game, like Bloodborne and Spider-Man. Okay, yeah, so... Bloodborne, that's hot. Um, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate made it to um, the final four for him. Nice. And... So is Skyrim versus Super Melee in the final game or final round, and Skyrim won out. Nice, good choice. I mean, Skyrim yeah. could honestly probably win mine too on any given day. It, it really depends on the day. I mean, heck, Minecraft beat my favorite game of all time, which is Bloodborne. But it, yeah, I mean, these change the. I looked at this bracket throughout the week, and every day it would change. So, mm-hmm. yeah. well, Ryan, that's a wrap. Skyrim, that, that is a wrap. So. Thank you so much, everyone, for participating in this. It was an absolute <coughs> blast and also very painful to put this together uh, for all the reasons you can imagine. But it's something that I want to continue doing, I think, annually. Hopefully this podcast is still going on next year at this time. Um, Ryan and I will put something else like this together because, um, like oh, I said... we are doing something different. So what we're doing, we moved the Game of Thrones episode from not next week but to the following week because I don't have time to prepare because mm-hmm. I'm gone on a business trip um but there is a game of thrones bracket kind of who lives who dies and who turns into a white walker which we can put up right yeah so i can share that on um the discord i'll share it on my twitter um actually i probably won't share it on my twitter because 
I can't like attach a PDF file. Um, but yeah. I'll get it to the listener somehow. The magic of the interwebs. I'll do it. But basically what it is, it's a chart. Someone shared it with me at work. And it has the list of all the prominent characters that are still alive. Spoiler alert if you haven't watched Game of Thrones. Yeah. A lot of people die. And so there's three different categories of whether the person's either going to live, they're going to die, or they're going to turn into a white walker. And, and by white walker, he most likely means white. Sure. Semantics. Yeah. And dies and comes back, opposed to like blue-eyed dude who raises people from the dead. The Night King. <laughs> <laughs> um, Give me your ice blade. Okay. <laughs> and he whipped out his Valyrian steel. Dude, I am so excited. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm so excited. But anyway, so this chart, there's going to be point values associated with each correct prediction. And so Ryan and I, of course, are going to not talk when we fill this out prior to recording the episode. <laughs> and um, at the end of the six episodes, probably late May, we'll come back, reconvene, and share each other's results. And whoever wins the most points survives. The, yeah. ne- the other one gets beheaded. Yeah, so we'll, I guess do we want to share results on our Game of Thrones episode, and then mm-hmm. later on we'll, yeah. Oh, that's right, yeah. yeah. We want to say what we're guessing mm-hmm. and compare, and then later on we'll basically say how freaking wrong we were. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, um, so yeah. yeah, we'll get into predictions, favorite episodes, we'll probably recap stuff. So if you have any interest in Game of Thrones, you still have time. Watch the show, read the books, whatever you got to do. If you have no interest in Game of Thrones, that's also perfectly understandable. Um, we apologize in advance for, you know, two hours of talking about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're here on your own volition. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, just press unsubscribe. Yeah. Or don't. We like the support. Yeah. But uh, parting words, Ryan. Next week we'll be playing a lot of Sekiro, so prepare for lots of more impressions prepare for that. Prepare to die. Um, also, call out for questions, because I know the past few weeks we've been doing the bracket, so that's been kind of the bulk of our discussion um, but moving forward, we're back to normal, you know, swing of things. So, yep. uh, yeah, write in some questions. I'll do more Instagram callouts and Twitter stuff, but, um, it's always appreciated when people write in, makes the show better, uh, feedback, topics of suggestion, that good stuff. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at relewis2011. Go to the discord, get on the, get in on the fun discussions and the links to all that, of course, are in the show notes. Ryan, any parting words? Yeah, have a good week. Um, it, this was a fun process for both of us. So we're going to move on to the future and uh, now save things on an external hard drive. Yeah. So, yeah, if the internet does explode, Ryan. We'll have at least episode 37 or 6 on. Exactly. Cool. Good stuff. We'll see you next week, folks. See ya. See ya.